Hello, and welcome to Double Take. I'm Jess. And I'm Jenny. And today we're going to talk about a few shows, but let's start with what's happening in your TV world this week. Well, Jess, I watched the first two, I want to say, episodes of Velma on HBO Max. That came out last week on January 12th. And I don't know if you've seen any... It's been a lot of, of Twitter discourse. Yeah, and a lot of review bombing. Yeah, and that too. Which... I feel like has been a pattern of late. Um, I will say I was not as excited by the first two episodes. My first main thoughts without giving any spoilers, because I know you had wanted to maybe check this out. I don't just, just oh, to okay. <laughs> say no spoilers for the no audience, spoilers, maybe, but, but I'm probably not going to watch it. It's, I might give it a few more episodes just to, to see whether or not I kind of fall into the groove of what they're doing. I don't think it's as bad as all of the people who are, you know, leaving these review bombs. <laughs> like there, there are a lot of things that the critics, I guess, of the show are saying that I don't agree with. It's like, it's supposed to be different. I think like, there are a lot of people who think they're, you know, bastardizing characters or changing the the core of what Scooby-Doo is. That was kind of the point. Like, I don't understand why those people are upset, but I wasn't super compelled by the underlying mystery. It was a little bit too gimmicky for me. It doesn't have the same kick as, say, Bojack Horseman or Tukin Birdie. Uh, again, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna give it a few more episodes, but yeah, it wasn't my favorite. I didn't have the urge to keep watching, but I do feel bad about all the people that are shitting on it on the internet. So I, I would give it, you know, maybe like a D plus C. But I feel like a lot of people on the internet are giving it like an F. Yeah. Um, Although D plus is not good. D plus <laughs> is not I've good. Makes me want to watch it. <laughs> I but, mean, I was intrigued, but I just, from people that, whose opinions I trust, like they just genuinely didn't like it, like didn't think it was funny. Yeah. It's obviously different from the review bombs that just say like, this is woke garbage. I mean, a, a person who's going to call something woke garbage is not a person whose opinion I care about, obviously, yeah. but people whose opinion I do care about saying it just wasn't funny and wasn't really like making sense tonally. I don't That's know. That's why I was not interested. I don't. That's my thing. I don't think it doesn't make sense tonally. I think it's just not what I want tonally. It's not That's what fair. I was hoping for. But does anyone want it? Because if no one wants it, <laughs> it's just not a good show. Oh, I like, saw a funny tweet that was like, the people who review bombed She-Hulk, Velma is what they thought She-Hulk was. <laughs> and I don't know oh, what that bummer. means because I haven't seen Velma, but I have seen She-Hulk and I feel like I know what they mean. Fair enough. Yeah. Like I said, I'll try one more episode, but um, I, the, my problem is I really like all of the the voice actors that they got. It's a shame that they're not, that the, the production is not better. Um, yeah. Other than that, I've been mostly watching stuff that we will discuss in the next <laughs> couple of minutes together, but have you been, what, what have you been up to that I'm maybe not privy to? Yeah, I guess all the new stuff, but I've been going back and watching Happy Endings. I'd never seen that show. Oh. And that's my current, like, not really for the podcast TV show that I'm just enjoying and watching with Matt. And it's funny. It's, I feel like a lot of people say it's like one of the best sitcoms ever. And I think part of that is like it only had three seasons. So people feel like they need to like stand up for it and say like, it's crazy that this got canceled. But watching it for the first time in 2023, it's funny. It's not gonna stick with me I don't think it's not gonna be in my like top 10 sitcoms of all time but it is enjoyable and it's funny and it's the sort of sitcom that I like I just don't think it's groundbreaking or that the characters are 
particularly memorable the way like Schmidt is one of the best characters <laughs> on all sitcoms. Yeah. And I could, na- I could name a character from any of my favorite sitcoms and say something about them that's just like iconic. And I'm not feeling that way about any of these characters. Who's in Happy Endings? Uh, it's Eliza Coop, Alicia Cuthbert, um, Coach from New Girl. I can't remember his <laughs> name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a couple of other people that you'd probably recognize, but I don't know their but names. But not their names. Okay. Interesting. It's a fun little show. It's enjoyable enough. I also just started Home Economics, which has Topher Grace. Oh, that always <laughs> autoplays for me after. It does. After Abbott. After Abbott and any other sitcom that I'm That's watching. That's why I started I always, watching it. Oh, I always immediately <laughs> turn it off. No, I know. But I was like, well, I've seen, I'm caught up on Abbott. I'm caught up on Flatch. I'm like, I've rewatched all of my sitcoms many times. What do I do? So I was like, mm. okay, I'll try it. It's fine. It's not great. That and Gallivant autoplay for me. And I, oh, that doesn't do autoplay like, for me. That feels like, I don't even know what that is, I mean, but based on the name, it feels like it's targeting you. It does. It does a little bit. It reminds me of Outlander or something. Oh, it's like musical. It's it's diff- very different. Mm. From oh, Outlander. okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we could probably safely move into the bulk of today's episode, which is the discussion of that 90s show on Netflix. Sure. Did you wind up finishing all 10 I episodes? finished it this morning. Wow, congratulations. I know that must have been tough for you. It, I It's funny because <laughs> when you texted me that you were on episode like six, mm-hmm. I had watched four episodes and I was like, I'm good. I can talk <laughs> I about it. I don't need to finish this. And mm. then I was like, oh, I guess I should. I found it a little hard to get through, which is sort of a shame because there were moments that I was like, oh, this is cute. But so many other moments that I found very cringy. Like I, I could tell what my face was doing while I was watching it and it wasn't a good face. More like a grimace than a, yeah, than like a, a smile. A cringe, a grimace, <laughs> certainly not a smile, but there mm. were a couple of moments, particularly with the old cast that did yeah. make me genuinely smile. Real quick for anyone who is not familiar with this, that 90s show, uh, if you hadn't guessed, it is a reboot of sorts of that 70s show with a lot of the original cast. But instead of focusing on Eric and his friends, we are now following kind of, it's almost half and half actually, but we are now mostly following Eric and Donna's daughter and her friends uh, over the summer in 10 episodes. And yeah, I I mean, you know what my coping mechanism was. After about two and a half episodes, I turned my web player on to like 1.5x speed. I feel um, like that should, like, I <laughs> I get that that's how you got through it. I just, I feel so wrong doing that. Like, I feel like I'm not giving it a chance. I wasn't really giving it a chance. And I, okay, I agree with you. There were some moments that I thought I actually did. I mean, I don't know if I chuckled. I don't think I actually admitted I did not admit outside any of laughter myself, but yeah, a couple of moments where I'm like, oh, that was cute. That was kind of funny. Mostly at things that Topher Grace said, Eric's character. I thought he was just a good continuation of himself from the original show. Like I thought Donna was of, too. Like they were very themselves. Didn't love Fez's portions. I thought all. he was not similar enough to his old character. Like, I don't know if it was the accent wasn't quite right or hmm. that just making him older didn't was feel creepier. like that was who he'd be older or maybe I just was creeped out. But yeah, something about it like didn't sit right with me. 
Yeah. Um, of the kids who arguably should be sort of the main part of the show, only Leia was like maybe like 80% of the time I was like, I don't find you super cringy. I thought Gwen was very cringy throughout. Just like, I don't know if it was the acting or the way oh, that the character was. was written. Oh, I did not enjoy. And it's a I bummer because that like, friendship is supposed to be like. Definitely an adult writing a teen that is yeah. not in touch. But Which maybe, is weird because maybe the we adults, just weren't like that as teens and other people would really resonate with that character. Maybe. I was definitely thinking about the fact that the adult writing this teen would have been a teen at the time like they would have been a 90s yeah. team, most likely so they should know yeah but it, the show overall is sort of giving like 2023 it's not really giving 90s i don't know like what was 90s about it other than i don't know they talked about flannels a lot which felt a little forced <laughs> but like the clothing otherwise didn't seem super 90s the Leia's clothing was just like a lot of overalls and a lot of I mean, it you're forgetting not like, 90s. It just and like, but it's just like the stuff felt forced. Like there was scrunchies in that one lady's hair the whole time, and they wore a lot of flannels. Yeah. But like the t-shirt that was like had like the stains and whatever on it that she like made into like a grungy t-shirt. Ever I was like, I mean, that's very this era, like the stained, ripped clothing sort of thing. Right, like, but it was also 90s first. That's the whole thing about like 2020, 20, 20, 2022, the and clothes 2023. were too cute to be 90s. Like nineties, some of the nineties trends have come back and those are the ones that they put in this show. Mm. But I didn't look at the sets and the clothes and the everything and think nineties the way when you watch the seventies show, that seventies show, I feel like it's very seventies. I do think one of the problems is that the basement has stayed the same yeah. as that seventies show. And it is his, it's the grandparents' it. house. So it's going to look still more seventies than it does nineties. It just doesn't, it feels like right. they like tried to root it in the nineties by like, having one episode about a computer and then sort of like called it a day, but that's fine. I don't need, like, I don't care about anachronisms and I don't care that it didn't like feel super nineties. That's like the least of this show's problems. But I think it was like trying to appeal to that group of people, like people who grew up in the nineties only by name and those little pieces alone. There wasn't anything else that was like very nostalgic of the nineties in a way that would make someone who grew up in the nineties be like, Oh yes, this feels comforting it's also people who grew up like we are the lower end of people who grew up in the 90s and i felt like it was too young of a show for me to well, actually that's continue my watching. issue with the show is like if it's yeah. for people our age or like you said a little older the humor and the acting and the i mean it, it felt like the, a disney channel show and maybe that's too mean to say but taking it down from one notch of meanness it feels like a show for tweens like when I was 13 I might have liked the show I did write down not Disney but Nickelodeon I did write down Drake and Josh energy especially yeah. for the Nate character the brother slash boyfriend of I you know. will still confuse the two brunette teenage boys to this not moment. Kelso yeah <laughs> that's like one. literally how I have to think about it in my head they were the ugh, basically interchangeable but yes I see what you mean Drake and Josh energy from that man for sure yeah boy I what else I, I had I made a bunch of notes because you had said you were writing down notes and then I was like oh I have to be prepared I didn't think um, any of the characters were that memorable or fleshed out I think they all got little moments where they were like almost getting their own personality like Ozzy especially I think got enough sort of like zinger one-liner uh, type moments along with his sort of like coming out scenes 
in that one episode that I was like, okay, there's something to this character. Oh, and I didn't. to be fair, I think it didn't, it doesn't have enough time to really establish each character fully because it's 10 episodes and that's just the way Netflix's streaming series model works. Had they been given 22 episodes, like, yeah, maybe the, these characters would have felt more fully formed. I felt like Ozzy's portion of the show was very separate from like everyone else's. He's like often upstairs with the grandparents. He has time like one-on-one with Leia sometimes, but, and like with the group, but often he, I don't know, it, it just, it felt weird. And I hear what you're saying about his sort of story and development, but I, it didn't feel like it fit in with the show. Like, I don't think they did a good job of, it felt like they were developing his character very separately from the group of friends rather than incorporating it into their story. Yeah. He gets I mean, left not, behind at the rave. He gets le- like, but that's why know. he was memorable is because he got moments where he actually got to be his own character. And I, I guess but I think so. that's what I'm saying. I think if they'd had 22 episodes, each character would have gotten like sort more of formative arc. yeah, yeah. arcs, scenes, their own thing going on versus by the end of 10 episodes, like I'm still confusing those two boys because in my mind they're the same person like I get that they're dating different people and one of them is well, a Kelso but like who cares their personality is like the, the only differences are supposed to be like well the one's like a player and the other one's like a little a dumb like I don't yeah. know what their personalities <laughs> are even supposed to be those aren't funny sitcom characters with their own mannerisms and idiosyncrasies like they're just stereotypes that got yeah. jokes written for them that could be interchangeable yeah uh also I, we didn't really put a spoiler tag on this but i mean we watched the whole 10 episodes we're going to talk about them spoiler alert insert here um the ending like last episode and a half where they were like oh skirt just kidding not kelso love interest is no longer kelso it's um other boy whose name i forget i literally don't even know his name nate i I just said it sorry um and he's supposed to be dating the girl who i actually like who they had like a wholesome thing going yeah i don't there was no development of that there was no like crumb dropping i could tell from the first episode in knowing how these sitcoms go i was like i bet there's going to be some kind of love triangle here you know, Donna and Eric live next door to one another. Nate is the one that lives next door to his to the grandparents. I bet in the end he's maybe going to be a love interest for Leia. But maybe that's like a season down the road or whatever. And then they try to shove it into the last episode. I didn't yeah, see it coming it, because they did a good job at laying the groundwork. I saw it coming because it's an obvious choice. did not lay any groundwork. I see no. what you mean. It also makes me feel like that's another thing that makes me feel like it's very Disney Channel. It's like... Mm. I don't know. When I was a kid, I didn't watch shows this way. I didn't think about like, oh, did they lay the groundwork for this? I mm-hmm. just watching it to like be amused and, and learn like, oh, about teenagers. Moment. Like, I don't know. Like you're still literally learning about the world and learning about how to be a person at that yeah. age that you sort of pick up things from shows, even subconsciously. And I think you're just sort of letting it, you know, wash over you versus us thinking about well, did that relationship make sense? And what yeah. was their lead up to it? Which really mm. makes me feel like this show is for 13-year-olds. And honestly, if 13-year-olds mm-hmm. like it, then great. But it feels like market it that way. And, and to be fair, I didn't actually see any marketing for this. So hard no, to but say the fact that it's it so 
heavily leans on the old cast is confusing. That's the then. weird part. Is like why yeah. are Kitty and Red so prominently in the show? They're also the best part of the show. The, in well, my yeah, opinion, because to they me, can act to our and age, yeah, we remember them. But that's the thing is that the show leans on nostalgia so much. I feel like I mean, especially in the first episode, it's almost like here, fans of that '70s show, here's why you should watch this show. We're gonna throw all the old characters at you so that you mm-hmm. like it and you keep watching. And then it's suddenly a Disney Channel show for thirty. 13 year olds and -hmm. Kitty and Red are still very much in it, which is fine. I mean, they, they could be, you know, new to character, like new to young people. And I think they'd still find them funny and entertaining, but it just feels like a bait and switch from the first episode to the rest of it. I also feel a little appalled that anyone that is 13 and watching this is going to be like, oh, that's what the 90s were like. <laughs> like, listen, just like, I don't know, it just really feel like the 90s. Maybe they'll build that up more in future seasons. But I also don't remember Disney Channel and Nick shows having, did they have this much like kiss, like kiss, <laughs> kissing? kissing? Well, that's, or like that's talk more... about relationships. Like, I don't feel like it was so heavy handed. That's more like... ABC Family, I guess. Like it wasn't. Where was that seventy like show? Secret Life have... of the American Teenager vibes. Yeah. So it's kind of mixing those two energies together. Um, you're right. There definitely was like relationship talk, kissing, but it was more like she has like his it... hand. Her hand is on his pants crotch yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah thank you uh i'm like i don't think that would have happened in disney channel it certainly would not have but the rest or of like it they is wouldn't like, have shown it it would have been like their implied. eyes wide and like cut below yeah, the waist maybe. or something i we haven't mentioned yet but we should talk about the laugh track it was so heavy-handed i don't i don't know it didn't bother me i tried to put myself back you in the it did liar. it did bother me at first but <laughs> okay. no i should say I don't really like laugh tracks, but it didn't bother me that yeah. they had one is what I mean, because I no, get why they did. At the time, I, it was very normal. I agree. I don't I don't fault them for having a laugh track. I, too, am not a fan, but I thought it was way heavy handed. I thought they could have used it like a third less than they did, and it would have been better. I don't like not every single one liner needs I think the that's how they were though. Like, I think that's how laugh tracks were. Whenever I watch an old, even friends, like every time they t- say a joke, I'm like, oh, this is a joke. They're about to laugh. Like, that's how laugh tracks are. I know. It, I just, just think they evolved. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they were very clearly trying to do something by staying true to the laugh track mm-hmm. of the original and laugh track of really all 90s sitcoms. That's what I mean by it didn't bother me is that by the end, I really wasn't thinking about it. But initially, I was like, ugh, I don't really like laugh tracks, but I get why they're doing it. The only reason it didn't bother me as much toward the end is that I was watching it at increased speed. (laughs) And so the laugh track was much smaller. And also, that was the other thing, is that the pace of the jokes and the pace of the dialogue was so much faster. It sort of did feel like it would have helped things if it were if it were just like a little bit quicker paced of a show and didn't they didn't dwell so much laugh track fine but like have it be a second and then move on I don't know I think it was a very normal laugh track I just think you hate laugh tracks cool so for people who haven't seen that 90s show yet how would you pitch or not pitch this to them and then we'll move on to the next thing how would I pitch this to them what would your do I want them them to watch watch it? it would you tell them not to watch it what would you say to someone who hasn't seen this yet? I mean, if you're 16, you know, check it out. It's probably <laughs> fun for you. 
Yeah, that's pretty much uh, where I've landed too. If you want to see weird, you know, insertions of products like Raisin Bran or Tic Tacs, that, this is your oh, show. Oh, you know what? That didn't stick out <laughs> to me, but yeah, the Raisin Bran. They, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, you know what? I also had a thought about the scene in which, or not the scene, the, sh- the episode in which Leia wants to get her first kiss. The end, triumphant, she just goes and lays one on the guy from the mall or whatever. Oh, horrible. Horrible. Assault. Very Why? weird. Super In strange. this day and age? Like, I... Mm. Absolutely not. Not cool. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't like that. That was very you know, questionable. Another thing that was not cool that you're going to think is silly, but in the end of the first episode... When Eric and daughter Leia are having a heart-to-heart, they're both sitting on the couch with shoes on and, like, stepping on the couch with their full shoes on. And I, I was like, that. what animals, what barn did you grow up in? Uh, that anyway. didn't, didn't stick out to me, but I agree with the sentiment. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's how I would pitch the show. Yeah, I, w- I was confused who it was for. Like I said, I would not tell probably anyone our age to watch it. I probably wouldn't tell mm-hmm. anyone who was a sh- fan of that 70s show to watch, except maybe the first episode if they're like really missing the vibes and I don't know, want to see them all grown up or whatever, like just the first episode and then move on with your life. But yeah. for... I don't know. I'd be interested actually to like take a poll of 13 year olds and see like, do you like what this they show? Thought. Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. Do you know any 13 year olds we can poll? <laughs> I do not. Honestly, they might like it. I posted a TikTok about it and there were a lot of people who were defending the show like against me who, because I said not great things about it. And I think these people were adults. So clearly some what people some liked the, it. What were some of the defenses? Some people, most of the people were just like, give it a chance. Like the kids are young. It's going to get better, blah, blah, blah. But like, if your whole defense of the show is, yeah, I know it wasn't very good, but give it time to get better. I'm not that, (laughs) I I don't appreciate that as a defense. Yeah. There were people that were just like, I thought it was funny. And to those people, I say, good for you. Um, but it does, yeah, it does fundamentally seem just, like, not my type of show. I think these reboots are so hard anyway. Like, no matter what they do, people will complain. And maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just not the target audience. But because it's, the re- like, a reboot of a show I liked, I watched it. But that's so confusing. Like, if you're going to reboot a show, you have to have a clear direction or a clear, like, thing you want to convey with it. And I feel like this one was just like, oh, if we just sort of try to make the same show again... But with new kids, it'll be good and everyone will like it. Like, I, yeah. I don't understand what the point was, but I mean, the point was just to make money. So who am I to question it? Let's talk about Are You the One? Season nine or mm. not season nine, but Are You the One? <laughs> are You the One's return to television? Um for those who don't know, Are You The One is a reality dating show. It's actually been off the air for, I think, like four years. And it was just brought back to the air this time on Paramount Plus instead of MTV. I feel like this was sort of a niche 
reality dating show. Like people who liked it really liked it, but it's not The Bachelor. It's not it's not even too hot to handle or Love is Blind or any of the like big Netflix ones. I like it so far way better. I really like a show where you like as an audience member can be involved and not just in judging people like you, you yeah can actually, the game part of this the show gamification. is so fun like you could yeah. literally well I guess I should say for those who don't know the the concept of this game that we're talking about so there are I think like 12 characters or <laughs> characters people there are 12 people um <laughs> trying to find characters, their though. perfect match with the another group of 12 people so like there's like 24 people total and they get paired off. And there's a very specific pair, perfect match for each person. And by the end of the show, they have to have all found their perfect match in order to win. So, And if they the do, they get they, a million dollars. Is it a million? Right? Yeah. Just so they, they all at split least in a million the dollars or something like that. Yeah. Which is not that much money per person after taxes, but I digress. Oh, it still seems like the, a lot. <laughs> the way that they figure out if someone is their perfect match is they have to go into what they call the truth booth and only like one couple can go in per episode, which, so you can figure out that there's not that many people that actually know for sure who their perfect match is by the end. You just get people guessing every episode and everyone pairs off per episode and the, the judges basically say how many perfect matches are correct, but they don't say who's correct. So if you're into puzzles or math or you're just like a little nerdy, I guess, you could imagine that you could sit there with a little chart and write everyone's names and who can't be their perfect match and who might be a perfect match. And by the end, you could feasibly potentially figure out who the perfect matches are. But you're watching... You kind of do statistics as you go too. Yeah. Like what are the But you're watching a bunch of people who are not using their brains to figure out who their perfect matches are they're just going with their hearts and so Mm. (laughs) I just find that dichotomy so funny like we're watching people who like know that they're not a perfect match but they're like I refuse to date anyone else because I love Julia Ruth (laughs) etc and that is that's where like the fun and the drama comes from but I do appreciate the gamification did I explain that well can do you have uh (laughs) the ability to to make it clear no I mean I think you did a good job I think the original setup like as you meet everyone that's involved is very similar to your like love islands or I don't know that's the first one that came to to mind where everyone sort of meets each other first and they start to mingle and you know you've got a few talking heads of like who's cute blah 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 blah, what what their type is and then they are all brought together and explain the premise for the sake of the audience which is exactly what you said like that they're trying to find who they, who some psychologists and other professionals of some kind have determined the perfect matches in this group to be. From my understanding, they also talk to exes and family members and stuff like that. So it's sort of like a psychological exam. Plus, uh, I'm sure they take surveys about their interests, et cetera. Um, it is sort of funny me, the way they pitch it as like this is actually your perfect match as if that's a yeah. thing you could just determine by looking at like attributes from both people it's also from this very small pool of humans <laughs> like your right, perfect like match people who decided here. to go on this show it's not yeah, yeah it's certainly it's not also scientific li- also a little confusing because they all took a survey i'm fairly certain why is there why is 
at least one person's reaction, not, okay, let's like go through all of the questions we can remember and people start like saying what they said so we can start to match each other. That's the thing that'll start to drive you crazy about this show is that nobody is using logic or if they are, they're just editing it out. It's honestly hard to tell which one it mm-hmm. is, but nobody is asking like, oh, what did you put on your survey? I'm, I would think that maybe they are doing this and they're editing it out because that would sort of ruin the show a little bit if we were watching everyone just use logic to figure it out. I remember one season where somebody was like using statistics and figuring out the different matches and the different possibilities. And I was actually surprised that they left that in there because I was, Hmm. I felt like the person was like gaming the system, even though realistically they should be trying to figure it out. (laughs) I don't know if on the other seasons they're like literally just not smart enough. It's, that's sort of part of why I like it. I like to see if anyone's going to bring it up. If anyone's going to be like, you know, well, we had two perfect matches last week and we know these six people can't be paired with these other six people. Like, so these have to be the possibilities. That's like the most fun part. Yeah. It's surprising to me that there are some, at least, so in the couple of episodes that I was watching, there's at least one person, if not two, that in the beginning seem like they don't care about the prize. They're like, I'm just here to have a good time. That would make me so mad. Yeah. (laughs) That's the best. There's a million dollars on the line. It's the same in Too Hot to Handle. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like that's, people that's... are like, well, I'm going to kiss this person because I don't care about the money. And then there's a bunch of other people being like, this person's so rude to the rest of the group, not a team player. Like the rest of us yeah. care about the money. It's quite comical. Yeah. Uh, well, I probably will not be able to see the new season, but I'll keep watching <laughs> season eight. Um, the f- yeah. The fun thing about this season is or the thing that they're trying to build it as like the interesting thing about the season is that they're from all over the world. So they're season calling nine? it like the first international season. Yeah. Season nine. Huh. They're calling it the first international season. The other ones have all been stateside. So this is more, I mean, I have to imagine they've been inspired from like too hot to handle because that and love islands and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't watch love Island, but yeah, too hot to handle is people from all over the world is love Island the same way. Uh, It started out as like people from the UK and then there was an Australia version and then there was an American version. Oh, but Um, having people from all over on the same season. Right. And I think they've had they've started now. Yeah. Having it is interesting, though, because you're like, well, is this person really going to move across the world if their perfect matches in Australia and they're from the US? Like that feels just like a big barrier right away to that relationship. I think they just have to remember that it's the perfect match out of these 24 people. For sure. I mean, I think do without what they will. Maybe three, but two even feels like a stretch of the couples across eight seasons of Are You The One are still together. I'm pretty sure it's two. Mm. I think the number is two. The season is supposed to be international, but there are 10 people from the US and like seven people from the UK and then like one from Spain one from the Netherlands. That's literally like, that's literally the numbers. Like I'm looking at the mm-hmm. list right now. Oh, there's one from New Zealand too. Sorry. And I'm just like, the gimmick can't be international if it's all the US and UK. Like, I don't know. Weird vibes. Interesting. How many seasons have actually won the million dollars? Oh, that's a good know? question. Okay. So I haven't seen all of the seasons. I think I've only seen six, seven, eight, and now nine, but seven of the eight seasons found their matches by the end. Only one did not. Oh, wow. Which impressive. it is impressive. Without using logic? <laughs> even Yeah, even as I'm watching it, and like I said, only seen a few, like I'm always shocked <laughs> when they get it right hmm. because it really feels like they're not going to. 
It feels like they're nowhere close to getting them all correct. And then at the end, they get it correct. So that's how I know they're probably editing out them Some actually the, like, figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. I do feel like they must be really editing it. But honestly, it's more fun that way. I don't blame them. This is the like intersection of, you know, dating show and game show that I would like to see more of. Right. It's like actually fun. There's more to it. I feel like I've gotten really mm-hmm. bored of like Too Hot to Handle and Love is Blind. They're very formulaic. I'll still watch them for sure. Oh, I, <laughs> I had to stop. I Love is Blind and at both of those actually after the, I guess, second season or even maybe midway through. I would recommend Are You the One if people haven't seen it before, for sure. If they like reality dating shows, it's still, it's still, it's a reality dating show. So like if you hate those, I'm not here to convince people otherwise. And although many people don't have Paramount Plus, which is where the newest season is, you can watch a decent number of the seasons on both Hulu and also there are some on Netflix. I think there are only two on Netflix, but you can, you know. I remember really liking seasons six and seven a lot for whatever that's worth. Cool. Um, I'm excited for this weekend actually to watch the next. the, I almost said this ends with us. The Last which is of Us. Very different. Oh, they are making that into a movie, I think. Of course they I are. Mean, duh, um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. The Last of Us. And we will record a podcast to talk about that. No, I'm just talking about episode two. Yesterday I was sitting there like, what am I going to watch? I really wish The Last of Us had a new episode. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. psyched about it. Yeah. Also, your, Anyone, uh, your wolf pack comes out next week. My wolf pack. I feel like it's, it's yours. <laughs> I'll probably watch it. So you're not, you're not entirely wrong. I would be shocked if you didn't watch it. All right. Cool. That's all. That's all I have. We can wrap this up and reconvene for The Last of Us episode two on Monday. Yeah. For those of you who are starting to watch The Last of Us, uh, join us for our conversations because we're doing them weekly. And if you haven't watched The Last of Us yet, you should. It's pretty good. I recommend. So far. For sure. But yeah, otherwise, we will see you in our next podcast. I'll talk to you in a few days, Jess. Probably tomorrow, actually. Adios, Jenny. Bye. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen.